Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Just before we go on, um, if you're from another country, could you put it in the chat where you're watching from? Or if you're from another province, put that in the chat where you're watching from. Or if you're from outside of the lower mainland, put that in the chat as well. Some of those people on there are also, uh, if you're in particular from Princeton this morning, we want to welcome you uh, to our Horizon service this morning. Just so you know, uh, this fall, uh, we will be launching a new campus uh, for Horizon Church in Princeton. Horizon Church, Princeton. I've been there, up there a number of times. Uh, Shanda, my wife, who was just on prior to me. Uh, and we're, we're coming to Princeton. We love Princeton. We love what God's doing in Princeton. We love the churches of Princeton. And we look forward to launching there this fall. Uh, we have two couples that already live there and are going to be a part of that. So if you're in Princeton, we see you. Welcome. And we look forward to seeing you in purpose or in person in the days that uh, come. It's going to be a wonderful time. Um, obviously, this is a different Easter. Uh, I'm in a room right now uh, with an empty, uh, no chairs in it and a few people. But wherever you're at home, we can still make the best of it. We, we don't have to like certain parts of this. How many of you, uh, I'm not liking that we're not going to be able to get together with extended family, not be able to travel around. But it doesn't change the fact that this is a great day. It's the greatest day in history that we acknowledge today that Jesus died, buried, and rose again to bring us life and to bring us hope. Uh, and as Shanda has already said, let's do that one more time in the uh, church tradition for uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, the, the one speaking would say he is risen and the people that are listening would say back he is risen indeed. So let's try that. He is risen. I can't hear you. Try it again. He is risen indeed. What a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, if we were gathering together in our families um, we would be having usually some kind of a special meal, an Easter meal. Um, typically, it's either turkey or ham, turkey or ham, uh, may, but maybe something totally different for you. But so in the next couple of moments on the feed, let me watch here. Um, if you're going to have a turkey, put a heart emoji in the feed. If you're going to have ham or you would have had ham, give a thumbs up. If you're going to have neither, just give a thumbs down. Let me just watch here. I'm going to look. I think I'm on the YouTube feed right now. One moment. Let's see what we got here. That's Facebook. No, that's YouTube. We're going to see. Let's see if you're, if you're a turkey person. Not if you're a turkey. If you're a turkey person, uh, put, a, put a heart emoji. There's, there's a Thesans. Looks like they're having a turkey. Lots of thumbs up, too. It's, it's a, it's, oh, there's a, oh, somebody's having lamb. Luann and all are having man, lamb, all kinds of different things. Uh, let me see what else. Somebody there, Jacob's a mom in the UK. She doesn't really know. Maybe they had roast beef. I think that's what they had. What else we got here? Uh, YouTube, where's YouTube at? Uh, all live right now. Uh, heart, heart, heart. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The Arkleys, they're having neither. Uh, Somebody's having both. The Kellys are having both. They got a thumbs up and a heart. Wow. 
and then there's some beef there. But that's, well, whatever you're having today or whatever you would have been having, this is still a great day to celebrate the reality of the risen Savior Jesus. And we're going to turn to uh, one of the accounts of, of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus found in Luke, the book of Luke, uh, chapter 24, and then we will go from there. And it says this, this is a story of Easter morning on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they had entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Those were angels. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Uh, he is not here. He has risen. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered these words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. That's the story of Easter. You know, I can't think of an Easter in recent memory that there was a bigger need for hope. You know, when that first Easter day came, it was in the middle of an incredibly dark time. Jesus came to a nation that was under occupation by a by the Romans, under the brutal, oppressive government of Rome. He came into a time in history where slavery was commonplace, where child uh, slavery and child uh, using children, child sex slaves of every kind was normal, where brutal dicta dictatorship was regular, where the religious elite, the power elite, pushed down everybody, and Jesus came into that dark time and brought hope. In fact, a thousand years before Jesus came, one of the old prophets says, says this, that darkness covered the whole earth and great darkness covered the people. But the glory of the Lord has risen upon you or shines upon you. And just like that, those days, we are living in a time that's incredibly challenging. So, uh, so much uh, has changed in the last six months that has really rocked and shaken us in so many ways. And I don't know that there's been a bigger need for hope at Easter than right now, globally. And we find ourselves where, where maybe even six months ago, we were on pretty solid ground in so many areas, but everything has been shaken. Not long ago, we would not have dreamed that our economy is, would be grinding to a, almost to a halt. It certainly slowed down because of all the social distancing required. We would never have thought that we would be in, uh, not be able to gather with our extended family or anything like that. So many difficult things, a global pandemic that has swept the globe in just a number of months, causing fear in many and death in some. And our economy is under great pressure and there's fear and fear of lack and fear of being alone and isolation, fear of the unknown. What will the future hold? What will it look like a year from now, let alone six months or six days from now? 
relationships under pressure, fear of the situation never turning around, or maybe even getting worse, health scares. You know, in some places uh, in North America that's incredibly challenging right now, other cities that are in far worse shape than ours. In New York, where nearly 800 people are dying a night because of this COVID virus. And hope is in high demand, and it's in low supply for many. And nobody ever wants a season of hard times, least of all me, to come. But when they do, they have a way of making you step back and say, what am I really counting on? Where does my hope come from? Where does my security come from? And that's why I've been looking forward to Easter, because it's a time when we gather to remember the greatest hope personified in the person of Jesus, where God came in human form and came to live and to die and to be buried and rise again and to bring forth hope for everyone. And it's a story with global proportions. We don't celebrate it sometimes as much as Christmas, but without Easter, Christmas is meaningless. Without Easter, Christmas is just a story of another little boy born 2,000 years ago in a little Middle Eastern forsaken town. But with Easter, that man grew up to become the man Jesus who died and was buried and rose again to purchase our freedom. And it's a story that grew from that little place of one man to a group of men and women to touch and sweep the globe where nearly 3 billion people today call themselves followers of Jesus. Easter is more, though, than a global movement, although it is that. Easter, though, is more than a holiday to be celebrated, although it is that. Easter is meant to be personally experienced. Sometimes we can make it about a holiday or we can make it about the globe or somebody, but it's meant to be personally experienced by you and by me. And Jesus said this through uh, one of the writers of the New Testament in Romans 8, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. In other words, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to each and every one of us. It brings life to our dead things. It brings life to our past. It brings hope for our present and for our future. Easter power is meant to be personally experienced, not just a holiday, not just a movement, but meant to be personally experienced by you and for you. Easter power makes it possible to heal the pain of our past because God wants to touch our past. We can't change our past, but through the power of Easter, through the power of the resurrection, God can heal our past. You know, Jesus went through the pain of life that you and I have gone through, and he also went through the pain at the cross and personally experienced it. And he rose again, and there is because of that, there is no pain that his power cannot heal. And many of us are in pain today. Some of us are in physical pain where maybe we have arthritis or we have diabetes. Maybe we're suffering from a liver disease or, or we have pain in our body. Many of us are experiencing emotional pain. Uh, many have called this, sociologists have called this the age of anxiety. Some of you are processing the loss of family members, the loss of 
of, of a job, the loss of finances, and have experienced hits and hurts and have the hang-ups that go along with that. Some of you are experiencing relational pain right now where you're estranged from your kids, not because of COVID social distancing, but because there's been a break or an estrangement in your relationship. Some of us are experiencing because of the pressure cooker of what we're experiencing of being together in close quarters. All the stuff inside of us is coming out of us and it's causing us to to rub a little bit the wrong way. How many of you would point to somebody else maybe in the room with you that's causing all your trouble, right? Don't do it. We don't want to cause anything right now. But how many of us are experiencing that in moments like that? Physical pain, emotional pain, and relational pain. In fact, one study by the Barner Research Group shows that at any given time, up to one-third of us are experiencing one or more of these um, Pain, issues of pain, points of pain, such that we perceive it, it's, it's so intense that we perceive it as more than just the simple up and downs of life, but we would call it a crisis, a painful crisis. Many of us are in pain. And sometimes Jesus quiets the storm for you, the storm of pain where he'll do it immediately, and other times he does it over time. Other times, Jesus quiets this pain of the storm in you, and he allows you to walk forward. The power of the resurrection allows you to walk forward from the pain of your past in the middle of the pain that's around you and bring you peace in the middle of it all. But whether he walk, calms, the quiet, calms the pain that you're experiencing or he calms you in the middle of your pain, whatever it is, Jesus can redeem the pain that you're in. He can redeem the pain. He is the only one that can bring good out of evil. He is the only one that can cause uh, the worst thing to become something that becomes good in your life. That's what Jesus has done. He says this in Romans 8 that he causes all things to work together for your good and to the good of those that love him. You can't change your past, but Jesus and the power of the resurrection can heal it. That's what he can do. Because of Easter power, he was crushed for you so that you, where you have been crushed, he, he was crushed. He was crushed for your crushing moments. Your history, because of Easter, does not have to determine your destiny. Jesus comes to us in the ashes of our past, in the ashes of our pain, and pulls us up out of it and says, you can have, there can be more for your life. Your adultery doesn't have to have the final word. The abuse that was inflicted on you does not have to have the final word. Your addiction does not have to determine your future. Your fear does not have the final word. The parent that cursed you does not have to have the final word. That business failure or that financial failure does not have to have the final word. The spouse that walked out on you does not have to have the final word. That's what the power of the resurrection does for the pain of your past. Whatever is in your past, there is no pain that his power cannot heal. If you've experienced that, somebody give me some hands up on the screen right now. Somebody give a thumbs up if you've experienced the power of the resurrection healing the pain of your past. And not only does Jesus come and the power of the resurrection come to deal with our past, Easter power makes it possible for us to persevere in the present.
And many of us right now are experiencing challenges that are big. You have lost your job. You've lost your finances. You're experiencing peace gone. Your joy seems to be flowing out the window. Your hope seems to be waning. But in Christ, there's hope. The Bible says that when we come to Jesus, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. What was old becomes new. We have the possibility of a brand new life. There is Easter power. Whatever you're going through right now, there is Easter power to tell us and make available to us to do what we didn't believe was possible. That's what Easter power does for you in your present. Someone said this, and Watchman Nee, a great Chinese believer, said this, that your old history ends with the cross, but your new history begins with the present. The, the power of the cross not only deals with our past, it gives us power in the present. And uh, the grave is empty, so your life doesn't have to be. That's the power of Jesus for today. He gives us purpose for today. He gives us power for today. He causes us to overflow with hope that touches the world around us. Easter power brings peace that passes understanding. Easter power brings the comforter to help us in our sorrow. Easter power enables us to overcome anything that is coming against us. Someone said this, a theologian, whatever you face, whether today or tomorrow, the promise of Jesus to everyone who puts their trust in him is that there is hope. Even if it feels like you've been, you're in checkmate right now, to use a, a chess term, don't fret because the king still has another move in the game, in your life. Easter power enables you to overcome what is overcoming you right now. Easter power can still restore your relationship. Easter power still turns addiction into victory. Easter power still overcomes anxiety. Easter power means that God can turn what is a setback right now into a comeback for you in the future. Because whatever you are facing, remember the empty tomb. It fairly shouts out that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for you in God. The power of your present, your best day is yet to come. Not only does he, does the Easter power heal the pain of our past and give us power to overcome our, in our present, he gives, Easter power gives us certainty in our future because we don't know what the future holds. We, it may get worse before it gets better. And I love the promise of Psalm 23, the good shepherd who is Jesus says, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Jesus is with us. No matter what shadow we walk forward into in the future, he is with us. No matter if we walk into a place where it feels like the enemy is overcoming us, he says that I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, I'm going to provide for you when everything looks like it's bleak. I'm going to make a way for you when it looks like there is no way forward in your future. Whatever the future holds, Easter power means that we have certainty in our future, but not just in our future everyday life. We know that Jesus walks forward surrounding us with his power like, uh, like a shield, his favor like a shield. We also know that 
Now, if anything has been exposed in this pandemic, it's the fragility of life. I've done funerals over the years for teenagers. I've done them for people in their 30s. I've done them for people in their 50s and 70s and 80s. And even my grandmother in her 90s, 90th year. All of us have this incurable disease called aging. And we live in a sin-cursed world where we don't know what the future holds. We don't know, but we do know that death comes for all men. And one day as a Christ follower, I believe that everyone will stand before God where we will answer for what our life is. You see, most of us have our real life, the, the life that we live, the, the, the cursing, the lying, the cheating, and all the stuff. We're doing our best. But then there's the ideal of God. Here's our real, here's, our ide here's the ideal of God, and there's a gap. And Jesus is the one who fills in the gap. Jesus is the one who brings grace because we try all kinds of things to make a way to get uh, across and fill in that gap. Jesus said this, that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me, will never die. And then he said this incredible question, do you believe this? And that's the crux of the Easter story. It can be a story that has lived out in history. You can have the archaeological evidence, and there's plenty of it. You can have the evidence of history, and there's plenty of it. There can be the evidence of changed lives, and there's plenty of it. There can be the evidence of God healing people, and there's plenty of it. But if it just stays in, some, in history, or it's just somebody else's story, and it does, doesn't become your story, it will make no difference for your past. It will make no difference in your present. It will certainly make no difference for your future. But Easter power is meant to be personally experienced. Do you believe this? It's available for you. Do you believe that he can heal the pain of your past, that he can give you power in your present and certainty for your future? You see, intuitively, we all know we're in trouble. We all see the gap between our real and God's ideal. And we know it. And sin and pain have done a number on us. We've lived with it. We've lived with loss. We've lived with pain. We've lived with wondering what the future would hold. And we are conscious of our brokenness. We're aware of our sin and we try to be better. That's why you've tuned in today. That's why you're watching today because you're, you want your life to be better. You want to be a better man. You want to be a better woman. You want to be a better uh, a student. You want to be a better husband. You want to be a better whatever place you're in life. You want to be better. And so we try and we try and we try to fill that gap between our real and God's ideal. And it leaves us exhausted. It leaves us more broken and feeling far from God. And every religious system is built around try harder, do more, become more so that God will accept you. But Christianity is different. See, we do, we do, we do. But at the resurrection of Jesus, it was done. Jesus says, it is finished. He wasn't finished. He had just begun. But it is finished. The power of sin is broken. The wages of sin have been paid and it's available to each and every one of us. See, religion is spelled D-O, do. Do this, do that. At the end of the day, 
It's all about whether you do enough right things, whether you, to earn God's favor, to get in God's grace. The thinking goes, if I do enough, if I'm good enough, that I'll strive and I'll sacrifice and clean up my act and hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that God will accept me. But Christianity, on the other hand, is spelled D-O-N-E, done. Do versus done. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, it is enough. He paid the price. He paid the penalty. There is my uh, real and God's ideal, and there's grace for the space that makes up the gap. Jesus fills in the gap where I could not, where my best was not good enough. He came and paid the price so that I can be reconciled and come to God. What a wonderful thing. Uh, in John 3, it says this, God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. Someone has said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If it had been technology, he would have sent us a scientist. If it had been money, he would have sent us an economist. If it had been pleasure, he would have sent us an, uh, an entertainer. And none of those are bad in themselves. But we are in need of a Savior. And that's why Jesus, or we are in need of forgiveness. That's why God sent a Savior named Jesus, who could be broken for our brokenness who was hated so we could be loved, who was abandoned so we could be accepted, who became sin so that you could become a son, who experienced death so that you could become a daughter, who, ex who was crucified so that you could become justified with God. And only Jesus fulfills the need of every human heart. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you, that's me. But God demonstrates or shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Someone has said that Jesus did not come to the world because he was mad at the sin. He came because he was in love with the sinner. He's in love with you and with me. And another passage says that God's love was poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus so that the love of God can be poured out upon you. Easter power is available to you and to me. But have you experienced Easter power? How do you experience it? How can you experience the power that will heal your past, that will give you power to persevere in your present and will give you certainty in your future? Paul wrote this, one of the apostles of the early church fathers said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. One day I'll experience the resurrection from the dead, but I want to know and experience the mighty power of God. It's not just to be a holiday to be celebrated. It's not just a global movement, but it's meant to be personally experienced. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that lives and believes in me, though he uh, die, yet will he live. Do you believe it? Only Jesus can bring life to your dead things. Only Jesus can rewrite the story of your life. Only Jesus can bring healing to the pain of your past. Only Jesus can give you the power to overcome in the presence. Only Jesus can give you certainty 
in your future. And if you know that already, uh, you can give a high five on the screen or give some hands emojis up there if you know that already. But I know right now that there are people that are watching and considering, Pastor, I don't know, and this is what I want in my life. I want to experience Easter power. I don't want to just know about him. I don't want to just know about a, a, a holiday with my family. I want Jesus to come and experience his resurrection. And I want to experience him. I want to have, experience his resurrection power for me, for me and my family and my future. You need to make a decision today instead of making it one day because we don't know what tomorrow holds. If anything's underlying for us right now, we don't know what tomorrow holds. It's time. Today is the day of salvation. And some of you right now are watching and you're experiencing something, maybe even in your physical body, and that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. Some of you are experiencing a sense of God's presence that's in the room right now, and God is calling you. He's calling you by name and saying, come and surrender and make me the forgiver and leader of your life. It's time to begin a vital spiritual journey with Jesus. It's time to experience resurrection power. And some of you right now already are in a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, put an A, just a big A. I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. Throw that up on the comment line right now. Some of you are going to begin a relationship with Jesus today. Today, you're saying, today is my day. I'm not waiting one more day. I'm going to begin that. And we're going to pray about that in a moment. And some of you are considering it. You're thinking, ah, I'm not ready yet, but I am considering it. And you're in the C box and where you're thinking, I'm going to want maybe one day. And I want to invite you over the next several weeks to continue to come back right here and continue to consider the claims of Jesus for your life that you could one day, who knows, maybe by next Easter, you'll be at an A. Maybe, though, you're a, you're a D, and you are saying, definitely no, Pastor. I am never going to make that decision. Hey, even if you don't like it, I'm still going to pray for you, and God works in your, that God will work in your life in an amazing way, and that somehow that you will come to know him. Maybe next day, year you will move into the B column, where you will begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to speak particularly to those of you that are considering a relationship with Jesus right now. You're in the B. You want to begin one with Jesus, I should say. You want to begin today. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray for those of you that are contemplating that step. You're ready to go from where you are to where God has called you to be. You're ready to move to see the power of God touch your past, to experience it in your present, and to give you certainty for your future. Jesus said, all you have to do is believe. Believe that I have come, that I paid the price. You heard me say it week after week, seven little words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if you pray that from your heart, God sees and makes you right with him and begins a journey that changes everything, changes the, the rest of your life. And if you're ready and you, you are a bee today, and you're ready to do that, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer in your heart or out loud. Maybe nobody's around or maybe everybody in the room with you is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to the B column today. I'm beginning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to die in my place. 
And just personalize this in your own words. Jesus, forgive me for living a life without you. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my brokenness. Forgive me where I've fallen short of your ideal. Lord, I ask you to come into my reel right now and fill in the gap and make me right with God. That God be merciful to me, a sinner. And pray something along those lines from your heart. And the Bible says this, and if you watched last week, and you can go on and uh, look at that. But the Bible says that if you began a relationship with God right now, that heaven is rejoicing with you. The angels are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing that you passed from death to life. And if you uh, were one that prayed that prayer with us, can I invite you to go to horizonfam.ca and click on connect and let us know. We want to help you in the next step in a journey. This is a moment that will change the momentum of your life. And we want to come and walk with you. We want to come and, and help and come alongside you so that you can experience that Easter power in every part of your life. We celebrate with you. We're so grateful that God has come into your life. And if you prayed that, uh, just thank God. Uh, you might even want to let us on there, but certainly let us know through the Connect. But if you want to put a B in one of the chat lines, do it there, and our people will help you along that as well. And if you give a year of your life to this, I promise you, if you are serious and you give a year of your life to following Jesus, that you will look back a year from now and say, my life is absolutely different. I have greater joy. I have greater peace. I have a sense of purpose. And not only that, my future is certain in God because everything can be shaken, but he will never be shaken. And we're just going to close out our service right now and invite Shannon to come and we're going to celebrate communion. Communion, I'll hold it in a moment here. Communion is a moment that acknowledges and celebrates what God has done at the cross and through his resurrection. Whatever you've got and in your uh, house with some bread or maybe a cracker or a fishy cracker. I don't know what you might have. Uh, we've got some iced tea, I think this is today. But God knows our heart as we celebrate. We're celebrating what God has done at this special season of the year. In particular, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, For I received from the Lord, and this is referring to Jesus' last supper. You've seen the, the pictures from Leonardo da Vinci. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, on Good Friday, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. It's for you. It's for me. It's for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim his death. And not only do we proclaim his death, but that death led to a resurrection. And you know what? Jesus 
went from being a person of history to a person who can come and change our history, our personal histories, because Easter power is meant to be experienced. And what this bread, bread represents is that Jesus became the sacrifice for us so that the new and living way could be opened into the presence of God, where once we could only go once in a while if we had done all the right thing and sacrificed an animal, Jesus became the sacrifice and paid for us so that we can be made right with God and we can come boldly before the throne of God. Let's take that in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. Didn't bring you the mic? No. All right. Not only that, but the cup represents the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that paid the penalty for our sin, that caused us to be come and pay that penalty so that we don't have to pay it any longer and that we can be made right with God, the forgiveness of sin. And not only does that blood forgive our sins, but we believe that it also enables our bodies to be healed. It enables us to be made right with God. It enables that the power of the blood sets us free from the pain of our past. It can't change our past, but it can bring healing to our past. The power of the blood brings power in our present and sets a certainty in our future. Let's take the cup and Enchanta's going to pray. Family, just join me as we pray. Father, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to pause and to remember, Lord, that the message of Easter is one of hope, is one of love, is one of joy. Yes. So, Father, we thank you for those individuals that invited you into their heart for the first time thank today. You. Lord, I just know that heaven is celebrating and we celebrate with them. Lord, I pray that they would just encounter the presence of Jesus yes. in a powerful way today. Father, for every person who's watching, every family member from Horizon that's just watching this message. Lord, that as we take communion today, thank you that we can pause and remember your goodness in our lives. Lord, that you provided not only a way of salvation, but you provided healing, you provided wisdom, you provided everything that we have need of, we can come to you. And Lord, we just thank you that as we remember today and we celebrate Easter, we celebrate that you are a risen Lord. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. And Shanda and I just want to let you know that we're continuing to think of you. We're praying for you. Uh, please uh, find a group. Go to horizonfam.ca. Go to a group. There's a few that are on there, but we're going to be adding a lot more to those over the coming weeks. Uh, it'll be an opportunity for each week to be able to connect and talk with someone, uh, pray with someone to walk through this together. Uh, not only that, we have prayer groups on Tuesday night where we'd love to be praying for you and to know what to pray for you. Prayer at horizonchurch.ca. We have an incredible team of people that are praying. Sign up for our emails uh, so we can keep in contact with you that way. Uh, I know that many of our seniors are receiving calls as well. Let's continue to walk forward together. Invite someone in a journey with you. If you made a decision for Jesus today, remind you again, go to horizonfam.ca. Click on connect and let us know. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. God bless Happy you. Happy Easter, Have a family. Day. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.